Welcome to the Readings and Ramblings podcast, where we ramble about the Bible and the books we're reading, all from a Christian worldview. We're your hosts, Janice Jones and Shanna Vera, and we invite you to journey with us in our thoughts and exchange of ideas. Our hope is that these conversations will inspire you to read and grow in faith with friends. Hey, Janice. Hey, Shanna. How are you? How are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm excited to uh, go, <laughs> to go, go through depressing. To, yeah, <laughs> I had very depressing Russian literature. So I just, you know, what I've been meaning to say, um, if you're looking for a podcast that's talking about Anna in a intellectually, like, wonderfully like deep explanatory way. deep yeah. way, this is not the one. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because no. we are reading this for the first time. And we're struggling a little and bit. And we are struggling a little bit. Yep, yep, yep. So this is definitely, you know, like if you're looking for uh, meaning and explanation, we are struggling Oh, yeah, we have no idea. Too. This is also our first time reading it. So I feel like maybe if I've read it a couple of times, I would have better insight. But I'm kind of just as shocked as everyone else as we go Me along. Too. I'm like, like yeah. wait, what? What? Exactly. <laughs> like, we're like... It's our first read, so it's very, you know, like the first time you read it, you're you're just fo- focusing on plot. Yeah. So it's like if there is any deep insight, we're probably we not saying it. it because <laughs> we are along for the ride, just like you. Yeah. So maybe if you find that podcast, send us the link so we can listen to it, and we'd be like, oh, that's yes, why he went into that long explanation of on art so. and death. Yes. And- yes. <laughs> Yeah, it might all come together for us. Okay, but until then, <laughs> you're welcome our, to hang out. This is, a, this is our amateur discussion. Of amateur Anna hour. Karenna. <laughs> Anna <Karenna. laughs> so before we get into that depressing book <laughs> that we that we're actually enjoying, I am enjoying. We it. Are, yes, we. I yeah, am as weird as it too. is, I'm kind of yeah. just like. I keep going because I'm just like, I no, want to know what's got to get better. Like, yeah, I really feel like it's not, but I, I have hope something good's going to come out of this. Book. I got to share because you sent me, you were like on a roll this weekend. You sent me like uh, a couple of texts. Wait, I have to yeah, find them. So I, I found the share. greatest Russian literature memes for some reason. And they were all just so accurate. I was like, I had to share them with you because I felt I like who else would understand this? As I much did. As you? <laughs> so the first one has a picture of, of, well, I don't, I can't name all these people, but it says English literature, which I know is Shakespeare. And it says, I will die for honor, right? Mm -hmm. The second one is French literature, I will die for love. And then American literature, I will die for freedom. And then Russian literature, I will die. (laughs) (laughs) No reason. No reason at all. Just everything's about death. (laughs) I thought that was funny. (laughs) I thought so too. I was cracking up. And really when I thought about the different literatures it was very accurate most I of know. them really do follow that pattern so i was like oh that's pretty accurate <laughs> i think we need to go to english literature <laughs> yeah for our next read we need we need to be back in love um <laughs> but we're switching it up a little bit so uh yeah no i'm glad anyway. we did it i we were we i felt like we were falling into a pattern of reading love stories so this oh, is definitely not love I like the love stories <laughs> well i guess this is a love story wow it's just a love story <laughs> gone bad like it's a terrible love story <laughs> 
And I, it will not have a happy ending. So if you're hanging around for that, <laughs> you are free to leave. <laughs> it's not coming. Oh my goodness. I I normally am optimistic and would have said, no, Shanna, no. It's going to have a happy ending, but I, no, I don't no. think so. <laughs> this is the first book that we've read when, where I really don't, um, have fond feelings for the main character you know yeah, usually I don't either. usually i feel like a lot of maybe, times they grow on you the more you get to know them they become more endearing i feel like the more i get to know anna the less i like her <laughs> or maybe and i and i want to i want to be um i want to be what's the word you know give her a chance because we don't we haven't gotten to the end of the book yet we're only at part five right so maybe there's you know or see something in her or maybe we're missing maybe we are anna i don't think so but maybe we are anna and we're missing that we are anna but i don't i don't think so but i don't see myself (laughs) in that woman i don't know the choice like the israelites you know or like um (laughs) you don't see our own mistakes you're right so well i mean i haven't cheated on my husband or left my children so i feel like neither have i (laughs) neither have i and i think i think and so maybe that's where we're struggling Right. But that does that mean that we can't walk in Anna's shoes? But every time I walk in Anna's shoes, I want to say, don't go that well, way. That's, Anna. that's my problem. It's and like, I want to rein her in. And yeah. she doesn't she doesn't listen to me. She just she does goes. her own thing. She goes. But anyway, you were about to say before we start. <laughs> oh, yeah. Book. <laughs> I was going to say, did you have a quote to share? I did. So this week I don't have. This week, I this is a quote that I, uh, it's from a poem that we read from Wordsworth. I actually kind of like William Wordsworth. His I don't are, know that I've read any of his stuff. I his like name him. is familiar, though. Yes, yes. He's definitely a popular author. I mean, with a last name like that, what did you expect I know. And he, he loves, um, he loves writing about flowers. At least the collection that I have, the last few poems have been very naturey and definitely have flowers so he wrote uh, he wrote a whole poem to the daisy and you know the oh. daisy is not like the most prettiest flower out I like there daisies. it's like I'm not, no no i'm not saying they're bad but i'm just okay. saying like you I know like they're, they're so like, cute i guess everybody writes about the rose or you know yeah. some exotic flowers so yeah. i've never really seen a poem about the daisy you yeah know? so anyway he wrote a poem called to the daisy and then he wrote another poem called to the same flower so the daisy oh you know what i think i think i have read some of his poems in the nature guide i have for the kids there's poetry in it and i'm pretty sure because those names actually sound familiar i wonder if i have not actually read those poems but go ahead i I wouldn't be surprised because a lot of his poems are very he i he he's it seems like he's always outside observing nature but i like that about him you know like he he is he likes nature. He thinks it's beautiful and he writes mm-hmm. about what he sees. But anyway, this was called To the Same Flower. And this is not the whole poem. It was just a part of it. I see thee glittering from afar and then thou art a pretty star. Not quite so fair as many are in heaven above thee. Yet like a star with glittering crest, self-poised in air thou seemest to rest. May peace come never to his nest who shall reprove thee? 
Mm, I think I have heard that. Poem. You have that? And I was yeah. like, you know, because if Daisy is a little plain star, right? But he's yeah. like, but, and he says, you know, and thou art a pretty star, but he says, not quite so fair as many, just like I was saying, you know, yeah. like there's other, you know, beautiful, more beautiful flowers. But right. yeah, he's like, even though you're not, you know, you're still a pretty little star. So he's like, it well, reminds me, it reminds it me of a child's perspective. And I love that. Like, yeah. I feel like my kids always pick me the clovers, you know, the white clovers yeah. and the dandelions. And yeah. they come to you like, look what beautiful flowers I picked for you. And you, are, of course, have to be like, wow, these are so beautiful. I love them. And put them in water until they <laughs> die on your counter. Um, because you are good. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the heart to say, well, that's a weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or now I'm probably going to get stuck by a bee. But um yeah, it's hard because they look so proud of themselves. And honestly, at this point in their lives, what are they capable of giving you? Yeah, Not too many things. No. So it's like exciting. But yeah, hearing that poem, just kind of, I can picture the kids like picking flowers and just being like, they think it's beautiful in their yes. minds. It's the most beautiful. Yeah, And we've so. gotten so into our nature studies that my kids are like, especially Roman, he likes to think that he can identify plants that he cannot. Oh. Oh. And, and when I tell him that, like, no, that's not it, he's like, pretty sure I'm wrong. And I was like, <laughs> of course you are. I mean, yeah. you've got a whole whopping three years <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, of experience on this. He's earth. basically a botanist at this point. <laughs> oh boy, but All that's right. life with three-year-olds. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your commonplace quote? Okay, so my quote comes from a book called "Love Thy Body" by Nancy R. Piercy. Okay. Okay. The problem is that many people treat morality as a list of rules, but in reality, every moral system rests on a worldview. And every decision we make, we are not just deciding what we want to do, we are expressing our view of the purpose of human life. In the words of the theologian Stanley Hauerwas, a moral act cannot be seen as just an isolated act, but involves fundamental options about the nature and significance of life itself. Mm, that is so true. Yep. You know, actually, it was it reminds me of um, the book I was reading, the one I told you about, that hideous trend, the deeper look at how the West was won. And it was saying, like, you know, people want to separate morality from objectivity you know, and when you do, like you can have objectivity about issues without having, without including morality. But when you do, it kind of brings you back. I don't know if you ever read the C.S. Lewis's The Abolition of Man. It's like, then no. you have men without chest, you know, okay. and I never really understood that until I was reading this and it's reading this book. And it's like, it's the head rules the belly through the chest, right? So you mm -hmm. figure um, in this, in, in, in C.S. Lewis's book, That Hideous Strength, I guess they were worshiping this head, right? Mm -hmm. It didn't have a body. It was just a head, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, it was separated from the body and it was kept alive artificially. I don't know why I have to read the whole story. <laughs> but anyway, it's like, this part, it's like, it says the head rules the belly through the chest. And so, you know, like the head is ruling the belly. Your belly is like usually your desires, right? Not, mm -hmm. well, no, your chest is your heart. So usually your desires, you know, but your belly is, you know, you satisfying what you want, your desires, right? Mm -hmm. So, and so I don't know, it was, it's like you're, 
I, I don't know how to explain it, but when you, when you, whatever you just said, it made me think about that. It's like, you want there to be, you want, you think that you can make objective decisions without morality, but morality is the basis of what well, and, of everything, and they're, like they're where you, what are you basing like morality is a list of rules but everybody has their rules whether they're your personal rules or the social rules it, you you can't say oh morality is just rules morality no. is a way of living and everybody has a way of living you know so it's and it kind comes of down you to cannot like, what's yeah, right you, and wrong then right, if, you if can't everyone has live, their own way and you can't live isolated and that was the other point is that you're, no act is isolated every act yeah. is you know it it has to it's based off of your view of how this world should be or you know the society you feel like you live in so i i the book has been really good i'm not done with it yet but i feel like there's been some there's actually quite a few things where you're just like you have to read it again because you're like whoa yeah i i same thing with this one it's like it's hard to articulate it like because you're reading it and you're trying to understand it but to put it back in your own words yep you feel like you have to continue to read yeah. a little bit more to be able to say it. So I, I know I'm not articulating what I was trying to say, but it what you just said made me think that's what it was saying, you know. Um, so yeah, so oh, so you doing a nonfiction too? We're doing. Yep, that's okay. so funny that we're both reading similar books right now. I know, and I we didn't Although talk I about be, it. I shouldn't be surprised. I feel I like know. that happens all the time. You'll be like, I oh, know. I'm doing whatever, and I'm like, oh, me too. So it's actually funny. I know it's that's just who we are together. <laughs> <laughs> but I am, I am, I am reading a fun book, and the reason why just in case if you haven't been following the podcast we are like prolific readers and so we need to read other things unless we <laughs> or else we'll go ahead um um i don't want to mention any names but the other person will go ahead <laughs> in the reading <laughs> i wonder who that could be i don't know there's she so many of is. us <laughs> So we have all these other books that we're reading on the side to help us not <laughs> help us read to ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> but I, I have been. Reading... I think I could have devoured Anna Karenina. I think I could have, and I think it's a good thing that you have stopped me because it is a lot, and it's oh a lot goodness, of information. Yeah. I just, for me, I'm like, I want to get to the end because I want to know how it ends. So I'm just like pushing myself but I think it's good that you've made me slow down because I think I'd miss a lot along the way because I'm just like oh who cares moving on you know but I have I have so much time to care that I uh, I can focus on those you can details ponder, you can yeah. ponder the exactly. situation and determine that it is a very depressing book so far but no yeah. because I don't know that it's depressing but um I guess it's hard to watch a train wreck and you know yeah. that something's going to end in a train wreck. And you can't stop it. Yeah. And you can't stop it. So it's like you just want to say, no, no, no. And part <laughs> of me is like, do, do you just stop reading the book so you never know? But then I'm like, no, no it's, I have to watch it unfold. Far. Yeah, yeah, I got we've to. come too far. So. Um, so, yeah. So, Anna Karenna. Um, or maybe it's... I'll just write my own ending to this book. Just stop here and just be like, and this is how the story ended. <laughs> But listen, what do they say? A story is, especially what makes something a classic is that it it, it tells or shows the human experience, right? So yeah. maybe this is not our story, but I guess we get to see what this story, how this story I mean, unfolds. there's a lot of moments that were so human and real 
that, you know, even with Anna, I feel like we talked about this a few weeks ago, when Anna made the choice to start seeing Vronsky, I felt compassion for her because I understood it. I understood how easy it is for somebody seeking love and then finding it to have a hard time walking away from it or thinking that they can, you know, dabble in it but not fall into it. And so in that way, I completely understood her. I'm like, you know, I try to never put myself in a situation where that would happen to me because I can imagine how hard and difficult that would be. To walk away from it. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, who doesn't like attention and love and, you know, being made to feel important? But she put herself in that position. She continued to put herself in that position and then she couldn't get out of it. And so that's where I'm like, I don't understand it. Like, how did you let it fall that far? So, you know, and there's moments in her life where I'm like, okay, I could see, I could kind of understand. But then there's others that I'm just like, you have a chance for redemption and you just throw it away. I can't, Absolutely. I can't understand that. I think that's that's where I'm struggling. And maybe because I'm looking at it as a wife and, and mom. And I noticed in each part, it's brought up, that topic is brought up again. Because even in this next part, yeah. it's once again brought up. And it, and just, she still, and she she chooses. It's not like the situation is, is, is you know, um, it hap- things happen. Like she's making conscious choices of how... Yeah. Her life is unfolding. You know, thing, things are not happening to her. She is making them happen in in a way that she thinks. Yeah, because the last good. part, the last part ended off with her going abroad with Vronsky and, and their yes. child. And you think Which that meant that she left Sherry. She left. Okay, we practice his name. Seriosha. Thank you, Sheriosha. <laughs> Sheriosha. Yeah. Seriosa. Seri- Seriosa. Seri- Seriosa. Right? Seriosa. I can say that completely wrong. <laughs> Hopefully there's no native Russian speakers in the group. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, she and leaves which her means son. she him behind. Right. And you think, okay, where is this going? She's going to live abroad where nobody knows them. But we get to see a glimpse right away that things aren't what we thought they were going to be. We have Ronsky who's like tiptoeing around people he he knows yes. and trying to decide are they going to accept Anna or not. If they don't accept Anna, I really can't have anything to do with them. So yeah. he's losing friends because yeah. what is he going to do? Yeah. And then the few that he invites back, it's uncomfortable because they are all tiptoeing around the situation. They're like, yeah. you know, nobody know wants to. not your wife. Yeah. We know Everyone she's wants to not wife. talk about the elephant in the room. And yes. it's yes. it's awkward. And uncomfortable for yes. everyone involved. And I think Vronsky feels it more for some reason than Anna. Anna's just like, oh, this is your friend. This is so great. Like, But he seems to feel it like harder than her. Yeah, because and he understands. things just continuously go downhill for her. Like, you know, they end up going back to their St. Petersburg and nobody will invite her into their home. Like, she's almost like a... I don't know, like a harlot almost. Like yeah. that's how people are like, oh, you cannot be present and you can't be around my daughters. And like, you Kinda know. like Hester from Scarlet Letter. Yes. Right? yes. It's like cross the road. Look who's coming. She should have to wear a giant A on her. Yeah. No, I mean, they're definitely shaming her. And then she says to Vronsky, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't change anything. And I think in that moment, I was just like, are you kidding me? Right. At this point still, you ha- you don't regret the choices you make? You feel yeah. nothing? like Yes. And actually, when the, in, in the beginning of part five, 
they had mentioned like at the beginning she wasn't even she didn't even miss her son because she was so you know um you know caught up in the new baby yep. so she spent her time with Annie I think is the baby's name and and so she was she wasn't really thinking so much about her son which I thought was interesting too because everything was about her son I find I find her she's complex you know she's a mother who loves her son but she's willing to leave him and I think that's I think, where I, I think struggle. she keeps herself busy because it seemed like they were in Europe keeping themselves busy trying to not think like they didn't want to think about anything because yeah. it hits a point in their story where they start looking around and they're sick of everything. The apartment. She hates the apartment. Yeah. She hates the plaza. She hates the everything they've been doing. She's just like, I don't want to live this life anymore. Yeah. Um, in all of that, like I am giving you the spark notes because there's like seven hours of him talking about artwork in there. Yeah. I I wasn't I, sure what the significance was. I don't but really know. They're trying Apparently, to do this family well, Vronsky, thing. Like, right? Vronsky's trying to like, I think create a family or families Just, take photos together you know like well this. he was like he started painting remember he's like trying to distract himself so he yeah. picked up a new hobby and it, he thinks he's good and all of his friends are like oh yeah you're so great which <laughs> i think they were just being nice but but yeah so then they end up going and visiting an actual painter yeah and that was weird. What did you take away from that painter? I don't know. I feel like he was I, a I thought he was, <laughs> he was a he was a very idle artist because he didn't like them. One number yeah. one, um, and number two. But I I can't remember Shanna if it. I thought there was a scene where there was a religious picture and they wanted to yeah, change it, it. like Jesus. they wanted to they wanted yeah. to create that picture but without the religious aspect of it and he was well, so offended they were, they so were talking <laughs> about how during this time period apparently everyone was painting pictures of jesus like yes. that was just oh another painting of jesus you know so yeah. they walk in and he's just kind of like has these preconceived ideas that they know nothing about art and he's just going to be annoyed by them yeah and then Vronsky's friend starts talking and this guy's like oh maybe he does know art and he's like really into it and then they start making comments about like oh why is this like like they liked Pontius Pilate right and they liked Jesus but apparently nobody mentioned John the Baptist because yeah. <laughs> and that was like his favorite thing in the whole painting was John the Baptist and nobody mentioned it so he was really offended about that <laughs> He was offended that Vronsky used the word technique. And he was like, what do you mean technique? Like, I'm a born genius. Like, no such thing as technique. I mean, in, in his defense, he's an artist. You know, and artists <laughs> tend to be, or supposed to be, or the stereotype of artists is, you know, they're very particular, you know. And, and, and so he didn't he like was, that he, when... He was. Yeah, he was very, he was very particular. particular. <laughs> he also didn't like that when they were talking to him, that they would take their eyes off the painting. Because he realized, oh, they can just take their eyes off the painting. Like, it means nothing to them. They're not so yeah. absorbed by the painting that they can't stop staring at it, you know. And so then he was just like, they don't like it. They hate it. And actually, after they leave, he starts fixing the painting. He starts, like, painting on the painting because he's like, it's not good. It's terrible. Now I see all the mistakes, you know. They've ruined it. And, and then at one point, like they, they maybe like. Maybe share that. Maybe that was, like. Maybe that was common among artists in Russia Maybe. at the time, right? Because I'm like, Maybe. what was the significance of that part of the story? Maybe he experienced that, or maybe he was an artist. Maybe he meant it as, like, that's how he felt about his book. Because I actually had read a little bit behind Tolstoy 
and his book, and he was very critical of the book. And even when people were saying, oh, I like it, he struggled with it because he thought Mm. it just didn't come together the way he had envisioned it. And this artist poured a lot of his heart and soul into his art. So maybe Tolstoy was trying to, he was the artist in this story. Okay. Perhaps. Maybe. And Maybe, because then, then that would make sense then. Because... It would kind of understand why this guy felt this way, and he felt like everybody's praise was false. Right. Um, so maybe he was kind of channeling his own emotions in that area. That's the only thing I could kind of think of. That may, that know. would make sense. But then he does a portrait of Anna. I thought I think he also did a portrait of the baby. Like He did the portrait of, the, of Annie first. And then yeah, Bronsky I don't, wanted a I don't, portrait. I don't know. Though. They never talked about the baby's portrait. They had originally said, oh, yeah, let's get a picture of the portrait of the baby done. Right. But I don't know if that is happening Because Anna first said she didn't, she didn't want to, but then Because Vronsky had painted a picture of her. So she was like, oh, yeah. that's good enough. We don't need yeah. another one. Yeah. And he was like, no, let's have another one. <laughs> so but then it's really the funny. like, he didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, the artist, like doesn't, the artist doesn't want to do it. He doesn't like Vronsky's friend who keeps talking. But the best part was Vronsky was like, oh, I'm also a painter. And wanted to show this guy this painting. And this guy couldn't even speak to him. He literally could say nothing because he was just like what is this trash that this man is showing me like he was so disgusted it was not art he's not an artist how dare he put us in the same category like he couldn't even speak about it he said nothing and i was like well his mama taught him right if you have nothing nice to say say nothing at all i thought that was funny (laughs) that was a little humor yeah (laughs) And like after this whole experience, Vronsky no longer paints. I'm like, yeah, it's probably, yeah, that would do I it. probably wouldn't either. <laughs> that would like, do it. <laughs> I think he finally saw like, oh, maybe I'm not an artist. <laughs> I wonder if, um, to go back to what you were saying before, like, you know, they were feeling restless, you know, I wonder if uh, Tolstoy was trying to show like how empty life is. Because, you know, um, Vronsky left his career, right? Mm-hmm. Anna doesn't work. So what are we yep. doing? This is like the gentleman life in England. You know, you're yep. just a, you know, what do you do? You sit around the house and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Have tea. And co- you know, usually back home in Russia, they would be with their friends or, you know, doing yeah, some Yeah, they had of, dinners and parties. And right. Stuff so constantly. now it's just like they're isolated and, and they don't have this life anymore. So I was wondering if he was trying to, you know, tell us anything with that you know like if you look at if you look at dolly and um what's his name what's his stefan yeah stefan or steva 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 yeah it's um if you look at them like he works steva works right and dolly takes care of the children so there's Mm -hmm. always something going on you know like their life is is you know is there's something um we don't we we're still seeing and we'll talk about this after um but you know we're we're starting to see kitty and levin's life you know uh, so they have you know we know levin is out uh you know he he works right yeah and he you know takes care of um he's in the country life so there's always something to do in the country life right and so i'm wondering if he's showing i don't know that's something i noticed like yeah. there what do you do you were in love and we're passionate, but we have nothing well, to do. I feel like so when we... your life is focused on desire and passion, right. it, it's not fulfilling. 
No, you because know, it wears off. After it's not long lasting. Exactly. No. It's kind of yeah. like, okay, what's the next big thing? What right. do we do next? What do we do right. next? Yeah, we yeah. had a baby. Now we're in Europe. We just had a painting. Now yeah. what? Right? Yeah. So you're absolutely right. And, and they think... end up deciding to go back to St. Petersburg. Petersburg yeah. Apparently, Vronsky has property there. And he was like, oh, maybe we'll live in the country. Yeah. And what a sad experience that whole section. I honestly was like, wanted to cry about the whole thing because I just couldn't even picture it but so we we get before they go back we get to see what um Alexi's been up to since his wife left and you feel heartbroken for the man because he at first is like trying to keep it all together and emotionally he just can't he can't even live his life like he can't handle his business at one point we find out that like he's not moving up any further in his career like his career is done for yeah isn't that interesting right because your wife left you like that like that is like a downfall for you yeah and his his only friend in the world is this uh princess lydia yeah who comes to his aid and she's she, like a righteous Christian. Yeah, I actually kind of liked her. Like she was I like did not she practiced like her. She was like practicing what she preaches, and so she felt like a she Pharisee. She was trying to she was trying to convert him, but uh, but he was, went the wrong way because he was thinking, "I do no wrong. I can. I don't have any sin." Well, I, that was you know, his own thinking. Yeah. That was definitely wrong. I did not yeah. like the way his train of thought went. I was like, "Wow, holier than thou." But yeah. But he, she yes. does offer to help with Serioshi, Seriosha, <laughs> the boy's One of name those is. names. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she's, so she's like, you know, overseeing that and she's kind of helping overseeing the, the household, household. which yeah, he doesn't which, know how to do. <laughs> no, but at least now he doesn't have to think about it because he thinks it's being done. So he's happy. <laughs> really? It's his valet who's like running the whole house. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but she's getting all the credit and she thinks she's doing it. She's like ordering like luxury stuff and he's like yeah we can't actually do any of that like <laughs> but uh, and she and now she thinks she's in love with him you know like she's yeah. it showed it showed a pattern that whatever men were in her life she's a widow and i and i don't think her husband no she's really married she's married no she's married yes no she no yes. i think her husband died no oh, did he Oh, I thought she was a winner. Uh, me too. Uh, for some I thought, reason, I thought her husband was still around. Okay, I'll have to look that up. I could be wrong. No, because then she would be a fallen woman, like, you know, um, a rejected woman that he would need to reject because he would remind, that would remind him of... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he's technically not divorced either, so, but... True, but I yeah, she that... starts she starts caring about how she looks and like dressing fancy and like yes. apparently she's really ugly. So I don't like, really know. He just got left by his wife. This is yeah. not the time. To He's be been traumatized by women <laughs> to be making a play for him. But um, what was interesting is that uh, Anna. Anna was not upset by it because Anna's now in town and it's Seriosha's birthday. And so she wants to, she sent a letter to her, right? She sent it to Lydia. To Lydia, to, yeah, because she doesn't want to accept, he, she doesn't want to upset Alexia. Right. And I obviously she doesn't know Lydia as a person because she thinks that, you know, sending it to Lydia would would be better to say that she wants to see her son, mm-hmm. not knowing that Lydia told her son that, um, Anna was dead. dead. Yeah. I was like, wow. Oh, okay. Um, was that her place? I get to do that. But anyway. you know, but what do you do? What do you do when know. your kid is so young that 
It's like, oh, mommy ran off with another man, and you no, know, like, how do you don't say, say that? No, like, what got, do you tell him? I don't know. And he mom's, wanted his mom, he so it's did. like he did. But I, think I guess it was she the, thought he could. The start far feeling. extreme was the yeah. death part. Yeah, but, but he's like, I, he kept saying, I know she's not dead. Like, and yeah. he knew that she was still alive somewhere. Yeah. Poor kid. I felt so bad. And then she's like, oh, I want to show up. And I'm just like, this kid has been, like, grieving your death and you're going to show up. And so I was thinking it was a bad idea. But then you get to see Serioshi. And he's he wants his mom. It's like his birthday wish. He goes to sleep, like, praying that his mom's going to come for his birthday. And you just want to cry because you're just like, this poor little boy. She's ruined his life. And now this is how it is for him. He can't have his mother. And I just felt so sad about that whole section of the book. I was like, (laughs) my heart breaks because it's like I have little boys and I just couldn't even imagine not being there. And And I think that's what's hard. They're praying for their birthday to have their mom come. Like I just I couldn't even imagine. I put myself in such a situation that I could ever do that to my boys. Like I just that's why I'm like, I could never be you, Anna. (laughs) And I think that's why I'm struggling with Anna. I can't, it, I, I, I know that's why I'm struggling with Anna because as a mom and a wife too, even if you, even if you felt all these other things, I've, I don't know. I see, I can't see any situation where I would risk breaking up the family, yeah. especially the worst part would be hitting, you know, would, would affect the child, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and even if it was a divorce, at least if it was a divorce, you know, you could still see him, you know what I mean? Because you should get shared custody or whatever the custody arrangement is. But to just leave, to up and leave, you know, with your other baby and your lover. I mean, yes. How do you explain that to yourself? And she talks about how she could never love her daughter. She just has no connection with this daughter. It's not... It's not her son. Like, this baby's charming and sweet, but it's not her son. I'm just like, this poor baby that you brought into the world. And you're just like, that yeah, you I can't into love the you world. as much as the son I abandoned. Like, well, if you could have, if yeah. you could abandon, yeah, if you could abandon him, then yeah. how much do you even love him? So then how much do you love this daughter? Like, I don't know. Her her or idea of love is not the same as mine. It's superficial or just, or not, I don't know if it's superficial is the right word, but she puts herself first. You know, yeah. like everything, it's putting herself, her passion and her desire first. And maybe that's what um, Tolstoy wants us to see, what it looks like to live a life where you put your passions ahead of everything, you know? Yeah. Um, and I guess for love, it's not like she did it for, for something less, you know, she did yeah. do it for love. But, but she comes back know. from her visit after she goes to see her son for his birthday she comes back and she's pulling out his baby photos and she's comparing it to her daughter and she's like and now she's got this like resentment towards Vronsky going because he's the reason she can't be with her son oh my goodness I can't take that either because it's like how do you jump from there you're the one that said you oh my goodness this is one of those (laughs) I have like little hot buttons that get pressed in this foot. Just yeah. like pressing those little hot buttons because it's like, why is it Varonsky's? Th- now you're gonna make this man think you're crazy and not even want to yeah. be around you because yep. you're blaming him. For, and he's starting to remember, feel that way. He's like, what is yes. going on with her? She's hot and cold constantly. Constantly, and 
And how do you, and remember Vronsky from what we know in his head, he wasn't even looking for long-term like marriage. Like, you know, like he was like loose and free before Anna. He yeah. Was, like, this bachelor guy. This was not his dream. <laughs> this was not his dream. It really and now, wasn't. And now he's in St. Petersburg and nobody will allow them to come into their houses. They're shunned from society. Even Betsy. Did you not like Betsy who's sleeping around with yeah. her husband and Betsy yeah. who was Anna's best friend, yeah. you know, she even snuffed. She's like, oh, I can only be with, see you for like five minutes. Yeah. And, and I'm like, so it's okay for you to cheat. And actually it is okay for you to cheat on your, as long as you stay, in as marriage. long as you stay in your marriage. That's, right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you, that's acceptable to have yeah. affairs. But you cannot. You don't leave, leave your husband. You don't leave your husband. And you don't leave your wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can have an affair. Like that's yeah. okay. No one's Weird. shunning you then. So she could have stayed and just had the affair. But no, she wanted to leave because I don't know. I'm trying to understand Anna. But anyway, she ends up going to was it an opera or a play was an or opera. something? Yeah. And Veronsky tells her, "What are you doing? You can't go out into society." And she's just like, "Why not?" And she <laughs> leaves. And, and she, she goes knows out into society, <laughs> and then she's there, and there's a whole scene made because people are like, "I don't want to be here with this." I don't yes, know even one what of they the called woman's... her. What uh, did they even they call did... her? I don't like basically, the name. like a I don't know, basically like a tramp kind of like they were yeah. so disgusted by her. Like she was and... sitting in a in a in whatever part of the the playhouse or theater that she was sitting in, there was someone's wife who left. It's like, she was, she just could not sit there and be in the same section as Anna because that was, you know, she she wouldn't want to be associated. Yeah. 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 So Anna's just shamed and everybody's whispering. And Vronsky's all clueless. He's like, what happened? I don't know if he went someplace, but he comes back and she's all upset. Well, he didn't go with them. So I think he got there after the incident happened. Okay, yeah. So he gets there and he can tell something (laughs) happened and he's trying to figure out what happened. And then he finds out what happened and he's so mad because he didn't want her to go to begin with. And then she went and that happened. But yeah, they're just a disaster. And that's kind of how they end off. You're like, where are they going from here? Like, they're going to yeah. leave St. Petersburg, but they're just like, what's the plan? They I have can no see plan. Baronsky leaving. I can't see him staying. No, even in even in modern times, a man don't stay for that. Yeah, <laughs> Men leave for no. less. Exactly. <laughs> less so I'm just like, he's putting up with a lot with her nonsense lately. I don't <sighs> know what she's thinking. So but yeah, I felt so they like do end up leaving. We oh, got a little. Thing- oh, yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say, we, um, she did get to see Seriosha on, on his birthday. Yeah. So she did go to the house. Uh, even though the, oh, the lady the wrote year. her. Remember, Lydia wrote her a nasty, Countess Lydia wrote her a nasty letter back to say, you know, like. You can't you are, come see You him. can't come yeah. to see your son. You are ashamed. You brought shame on your household. You yeah. just, you know, you would, why would you want to put your son through that? Yeah. And she, again, puts herself above all because she has to see her son. And so she goes, she goes to the house anyway, but she knows her husband, like he's not there before nine o'clock. So she gets there really early. And he thinks like, uh, I was like, please let this boy wake up because he's like sleeping. And he thinks that when he opens his eyes, he thinks that he's dreaming. Yeah. But anyway, they have their reunion and, you know, she's happy. And then as she's leaving, she sees Alexi and he actually bows to her, which is like, like he could have spit on her. Like, you know, he could have spit, but he actually bows, you know, give her, you know, a courtesy that you would give a Mm -hmm. a, a, A lady, an upright, a lady. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
And she says nothing and she leaves and she's disgusted by his kindness. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I can't help Anna. I just, I don't know. Anyway. We got a little insight into Alexia's background too. They start talking about like his childhood and stuff. And his parents died when he was little. And he was raised by the Duke and Duchess of somewhere. I don't remember. Yep. But his brother was older than him. And that was really his only family and really only relationship he had. And his brother got a position and, you know, lived off on his own. So he rarely ever saw him. So it was like you kind of learned that he hadn't he didn't really learn how to connect with others. He didn't really yeah. have real relationships. And you can kind of understand why. He struggled so much with Anna and and it goes into, you know, he meets Anna and he starts spending time with her. And then Anna's aunt starts a rumor, basically, that he's taken her innocence or something like that. And so now he has to marry her, even though that did not happen. They just they wanted that match. And so they like pushed the matter, which I thought, how bizarre is that? And how often did that happen back then? But He was going to keep her honor intact, and so he marries her. And once again, this wasn't like for love. It was, you know, both of them felt like this was a good match, and so they got married. Yeah. And Anna kind of becomes his only person. Like, he never had a person. Now he has Anna. Anna's his person. But he still is just really bad at relationships. And so it's like... Well, you figure, what's his model, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's just like you can kind of see why just things were difficult. And then once Anna leaves him, he goes back to not having anybody. He has zero friends. And he's isolated. And he's like... And you feel so bad for him. And there's even a point where he talks about how he even loves Anna's daughter. And you're just like, wow. I don't know. I... Yeah. I, I... You know how my feelings for Alexi changed, but yeah, you could see, I guess, and I'm glad that I, I can see why it's, this book is very long, but he, Tolstoy has a way of just, you know, letting us get really inside the head of these characters and understand yeah. where they're coming from. So in one sense, you can see we haven't gotten inside of Anna's head and maybe that's, we just hear, we just see her reaction, but we're not sure why she's making i mean we do in a sense i don't know i I, I guess i don't think she thinks things through i think she just kind of she's all like in the moment spur of the moment right and like could like her brother you know like but uh, i don't know they haven't mentioned they didn't mention um you know her brother in this part of the story so we don't know how he's feeling about you know his sister because uh, he was trying to get her to get a divorce, right? To, you know, negotiate a divorce for her, but right. she didn't want that. So I don't know. I, I, I can't. But he, I do like that Tolstoy, Tolstoy gives us, you know, deep, a deeper insight to each of the characters, you know? So you can't, you can't just lump them in this one. You can't just hate him totally, although I do right. feel that way. Um, about you can't hate each character totally because you can kind of see in their head as to why they're thinking the way they're thinking except for Anna but anyway that's a different story (laughs) Um, but part of the part of this part part of this part five also had Kitty and Levin right I felt like we should talk about that last because I feel like it's the only happy note in the whole (laughs) book of these two characters and you kind of just are like, okay. Although yeah. I have to say, they were a little doom and gloom this this section of the book because um, 
of all the death going on. But yes, it starts off with right before the wedding. Yeah, because they're gonna get married, which is where the last section ended, and uh, Levin has <laughs> to. Late. Levin has to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just wedding, but, yeah but before that, he has to do a confession, and he has to take the sacrament. Yes. And he has even not though done he's it. an atheist. Yeah. He has not done it since he was a child because yeah. he was forced to probably as a child. Yes. And now as an adult, he doesn't believe in any of that. And so he's told he has to do that because, you know, they are religious and they're going to get married by a priest and the priest is not going to marry them. And they have to, right. They until have that's to. all accomplished. Yes. So he's just like, all right, let's get through it like a checklist. But he's yep. struggling because he's such an honest person and he likes everything he does to be real. And yes. he feels like he's just faking it. He's sitting through mass and he's yep. trying not to listen. He's trying to listen. He's trying to figure out what's better. Don't listen. Not listen. And he's <laughs> like so struggling funny. with that. And then he's like dreading when he has to do confession which is like the final straw. He does you yeah. know he takes you know the sacrament and now he's got to do confession and he's like what am I going to say? I don't know what yeah. to say to this guy. Like I can't be dishonest. Like how do I deal he with ask this? Him, didn't he ask him do you believe? No, he said, what is your great sin or something like that? Okay. And so he just answered, well, I don't believe. Yeah. And then he was like, I can't believe I just said that to the priest, you know? Yeah. And he's like, well, what do you mean you don't believe? And he's like, in all of this, in God. And he was like, (laughs) oh, well, great men of faith have had moments of, you know, doubts. doubts, And you just have to pray for God to strengthen you. And and he's just like, I don't know if that's going to help. Yeah. (laughs) But. Then he's like, well, what are you going to tell your, like, he's like, oh, you're getting married soon. And he's like, well, what does that have to do with anything? And he's like, well, what are you going to tell your son when he says, Papa, who created all this beauty that surrounds us? And yes. and he's like, are you going to leave him to the world and the devil to inform him? Mm. And I just thought, whoa, what a powerful statement. And I feel like, you know, as a homeschool mom, I was just like, that's exactly how I feel. You know, yeah. it's like. It's it's important to answer all of your kids' questions with truth. And so it was interesting because Levin was really struck by this. Like, he doesn't care about any of this, but it was a heavy subject for him to be like, what do I say? You know, yeah. how do I raise my kids? What is my plan? So I think I thought the priest, although he was like, okay, here's your confession. You're done. Like, whatever. Right. Kind of gave him a stamp of approval. I think he did ask good questions to kind of plant seeds. I thought that whole section, although it was a little long, I felt like he had some really good questions to kind of spark Levin into being like, what am I doing? What is my plan? What would I say to my child? Yeah, I think, and it did. I think he left thinking, okay, this is, this is a good enough reason to do it for that, you know, for my family. Like I'm doing this. For my family so I can I guess so you could say even though you don't have answers you could tell your son you did it too or I don't know yeah but it, you are right and it, it did get him thinking about that and I think I think that's what we're, we're kind of seeing with Levin I, I think Tolstoy with him we we're kind of experiencing because he gives us a lot about what he thinks you know mm-hmm. is we, we're all up in Levin's head you know mm-hmm. what he thinks about you know um you know, when he was thinking about his, you know, the workers and being a part of the business and, you know, communism and, uh, you know, all of these thoughts. And so now we see his 
his inner and death remember his whole you know yeah. his, and and you know thinking about death so he's doing a lot of of deep thinking and i think that one planted a little seed it seemed like it planted a little seed for something yep. that we may see but then um <laughs> after that he it's the there was the funny part where he was like extremely late for the wedding because he didn't have a shirt for the wedding which i thought yeah, was hilarious for some reason his suit that he was getting married in the shirt wasn't somebody with it. forgot it got, to get it it or, got yeah. packed up with his stuff that was supposed to be going to the country because they were going yeah. after the wedding <laughs> he tried to borrow a shirt it didn't work the shirt he was wearing was like wrinkled and messy and he couldn't possibly wear that with his suit <laughs> Then he was had to send his servant to go get it. People at the <laughs> church were like, "What happened? Are they not getting married? Did he stand her up at the like?" They were really questioning, like, "Is, is this happening today?" And you know, it was so disgusting because we got to hear like some of the thoughts of the people at the wedding. They were like, "Oh, Kitty doesn't look as attractive as she used oh, to." Oh, isn't that terrible? She's lost her looks. Yeah, she's lost her looks. I'm like, wow, she even have kids yet? At least with Steva, you know, Steva's like his wife lost her looks after she had five kids. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Kitty's not even. Kitty's just like getting married. But according to Levin, <laughs> he thought she was just. As he thought she was ever. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I like their relationship, but after they get back from... I think it was really funny that after they get married, they are the perfect couple in this book, you know, like, they're yeah. the happy point, but it's even in theirs, even in their marriage, he's just like, I don't understand this woman, you know, and it's like, how true is that? When you first get married, it's like, the woman does not understand the man, the man just does not understand the woman, like, we're just so different, like, why, yeah. why... They kept having he, all these little fights and then they don't remember what they're fighting about. And yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, I would assume, because remember, listen, they don't really know each other. No. You know, like, it's not like, you know, now where you date someone for a long time and you get to know them, possibly move in with them. And then, you well, get the thing married, is, she kind of sounds know? like a child and he's very, he's much older than her because she's like, now that I'm an adult, I can order whatever I want for dinner. And she's like talking about pudding. Like she's going to order pudding for dinner. And it's like, okay, how old are you? Like that that's going to be your dinner. And then she's like, oh, and then when my nieces and nephews come, they can have all the pudding they want. And she's like ordering snacks and stuff she's from the only kitchen. 18, I know. <laughs> but it's just like, so I can understand why Levin was like, what is happening right now? Why are we eating pudding for dinner? Like, but. I think they probably had these little spats because they just—they're just starting to get to know each other. Listen, they—they right. they just know each other, and Pat is not like they were dating for a no. long period of time, you yeah. know. She, I mean, he just sprung up on her that he loved her, and then yep. she went away for a whole year, and yep. <laughs> now they had dinner. They connect at one dinner, and now they're married. So it's like now yeah. you got to live together, and you and kind I of think get to it's know these funny because he's been living in this bachelor pad. This has been his home, and she comes in and she makes it very feminine. And at one point, he's just like he thinks it's funny. He's like washing in a I don't know some type of sink that's very girly and there's towels and he's just like what is this you know like he's like i feel i don't feel like a man anymore and uh you know because she's like she's making it homey and yeah. he doesn't get that like she's planning for her future this is gonna be where she her raises home. her kids and like i liked her because she was yeah. she was ready to embrace the country yeah like he thought because i think at one point he didn't think she'd want to go to the country Right. And she was like, no, right after the wedding, let's go to the country. You know, like he thought like, maybe. But struggling also because he was like trying to find himself in this marriage. He's kind of getting yeah. swallowed up in it. And he's like, I haven't done any work. And like, <laughs> so that's interesting, too, is that yeah. he's kind of letting this whole.
whole like marriage relationship take over yeah. everything. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Because so, we, we're actually getting these different views of marriage. Uh, uh, you know, we see Dolly and Stevie, Steva. We see now Kitty and Levin. We see Anna and Lexi. And we're seeing a non-marriage Anna Vronsky. So we're yeah. seeing all these different relationships and seeing how they work. But one of the things um, in this part also is that Levin gets the call that his brother is dying. Nikolai is dying. Yeah. So he was going to go see him without Kitty. And Kitty insisted on going, which I thought for an 18-year-old you know, young lady, she was very... Um, I thought that was very mature of her. Yeah, you know, she felt like, like she needed to support her husband. Yes. And he's so rude. He's just like, you're going to be more trouble than you're worth. Like, yeah, he did And she was just that. like, what in the world? Like, why are you so, so mean? But she insisted. And when she did come, he was glad that she did come, you know? Yeah. And she, she had was. had that training. Do you remember when yes. she went abroad? She had had that yes. training. Yes. And so she was kind of like, she knew what to do. She did. He, Levin she's, gets there and he doesn't know how to help his brother. No, like, because he's like, like looking at his brother like he wants to cry because his brother yeah, is like probably. Yeah. And yeah. he looked terrible. And he yeah. thought he looked terrible. And the place was smelly. And it was just like too much for him. Yeah. And she gets in there and she's like, we're going to clean this place oh, up. We're gonna, I think he, he didn't want to come because remember... Um, Nikolai's girlfriend is like a prostitute or oh, she used to oh, be a yeah. prostitute so he didn't that's, want Kitty to be associated right. or in the same that, room as her because I guess right. that's contagious yeah obviously <laughs> just sully her good name that's the company she keeps yeah he, that was a big issue and they yeah, were unsure yeah. how to handle it but by the end so this guy dies for like chapters like you're just like oh he's dead <laughs> nope he nope. started breathing he yeah. coughed and then, the, like, the priest comes, and he's like, oh, he's definitely dead. And then he's but like, Kitty is the one who nope. arranged that, and she arranged for him to get the sacrament, right? Yeah. You know, like, so, and then he was, like, he he did, and he felt hopeful a little bit because he was able to sit up the next day and take the but soup. But then he was like, oh, I was just pretending for Kitty's sake, you know, because oh. he really liked Kitty. So, yeah. He did he like was, Kitty. But he, he did have days of, where he was better. Yeah, you would think he was going to die. And then he was like, suddenly he was asking to eat and like sitting up. And you're like, what in the world? And then he's like dying. And, yes. and then at one point they were like, okay, I think this is it. And they were like, Levin spends the whole night sitting there with him, waiting any moment for him to die. And, and he didn't die. And he didn't die. He's like, oh my goodness, die, man, die. Like, this <laughs> no, is taking no, forever. I was, I to love their lives. <laughs> Even Levin and Kitty were like, oh, we wish he would die now. Like, you definitely got the sense of everybody in the room. They're all just like, can he die? You know, he's like, I want to live. Forever. He actually he was, wants to live. And everybody, f- like, felt like they couldn't be like, oh, I wish he would die. So they just kept giving oh. him medicine and calling doctors. And they were like, why are we prolonging this? He's just going to die. It was very interesting. You know, I what I saw too was like, you know, when he took the sacrament, he felt hopeful, like maybe, maybe there, maybe there is a God, and maybe yeah. I will, you know, live. But then when he got discouraged, I think he asked for his like alcohol, you know, yeah. and like I like I think he went. He like, was like, he asked "This for is something. my God." Yeah, yeah exactly. Medicine, but yeah, he okay. was like, "This is my God." This yeah, is what I believe in. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Oh man," he like he was kind of going back and forth. You yeah. know, with that, but yes, he did eventually die. Yeah. Um, and we do find out, like, it's uh, towards the end, Kitty gets sick, so she's not there with him when he dies. And then we find out that Kitty is pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
they they leave off with their story there. So we so we to summarize so we've a, got there's a death and then a new life. And a new life. Yes, yeah. I did notice that, right? Yeah. Like um so we'll see what happens. That's how Kitty and Levin's story leaves off and maybe part it'll five. be a boy and they'll name him Nikolai. Maybe, maybe. I don't know how the Russians do it. Like do they do that? You know? I don't know. <laughs> So we have Kitty and Levin um, pregnant. I don't know if he, I think he knows, right? They told Levin, like Levin knows. I don't know. It kind of was just like. Like the, I mean, the narrator told us, but yeah, I don't know if Levin knows. I don't know. Yeah, we didn't get Levin's reaction to it, so I'm right. not sure. And then so we have them, their story, then Anna and Vronsky, they're leaving St. Petersburg, right? Or oh, she's angry. Yeah. Um, she blames, well, she blames Vronsky for what happened at the opera, although he wasn't yeah. there. And then we have Alexi. Sorry, I'm just yeah. I can't. And then we have Alexi, um, you know, hanging in there, with but, but not doing well with his, his son, with Lydia. his good friend Lydia, who's in love with him. Yeah. I think Lydia likes. I, I get the impression that Lydia, in the way how um, she's described, like she likes the under, like not the underdog, but you know, like like the person. If she can be like she the person who is the save, like helpful. the savior, yeah. right? Like she you're the savior. To save people, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. so Alexi is like down and out that really needs saving. So she, now she feels she's in love with him. So right. we'll see Perfect where that situation. goes. And he's he's done a three he's done a three sixty because his, you know, first we you know his for you know when he was talking about forgiving Anna and just understanding what forgiveness was and. You know, so you thought he was going a different way in his thinking, but now he feels he's very righteous in what he's done. He has no sin. Um, yeah. He has no wrong. So his thinking he's is taking kind of that a little, a little too far. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we left off. We, they didn't cover anybody else in nope, this part. It. So next week, I guess we'll move on to part six. So oh, we're yep. coming up. I was so excited. Yeah, I said, no. It says we're like 60%. Um, finishing with the book and i was like okay yay <laughs> we're making progress <laughs> more than halfway through because yep. i want to know what happens you know i feel like I this know is a happens. huge commitment i feel like not everybody finishes this book i've actually met several people who've been like oh i started that book yes so yes we're I actually see gonna finish it we're gonna yeah we're gonna finish, finish that well see i'm glad i'm glad we're doing this together because probably yeah. on, a, on my own i probably wouldn't have finished it yeah. But I feel compelled to go forward because I know that you are on this long, drawn out journey with me. Yeah, and you put me on this journey, so you better finish it with me. I'm sorry. I don't I will drag you journey. across the finish line. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and I'm so bad. I'm like, okay, you have to, I'm telling you what to pick for the next book. Please pick something happy. <laughs> but not for nothing. It has it. eight parts, and each part has like about 30 chapters. So it's yeah. a lot. It's a big no, actual book book because i can't even imagine it it's like a like. thick yeah. book so yeah anyway we'll see what happens i'm actually curious to know what's going to happen in part six i'm going to try to put on a, a blank mind and think that anna's going to do something different yeah that'd be nice maybe she'll yeah. have a revelation and be like what was i doing <laughs> I can't even say that. You can't say that with a straight I face. <laughs> I tried, and then you started laughing. Uh, all right, so I guess we are we're finished. Yeah. All right. Yay. So stay tuned for part six and yeah, see where this six. where this is all headed. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode. Can you do us a favor? If you like this podcast, please write a good review for us on iTunes or Spotify or your favorite podcast player. Your review or like helps others to find and listen to our podcast. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.